Welcome back to another episode. I am Sticks, and this is my best friend and co-host D'Lo, and we are Pardon My Wisdom. We have a couple of, well, a few good topics for you today. So first of all, before we get into those, I want to go ahead and tell y'all to go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, support us. Again, we already hit our goal of 100 subscribers. So yeah. we're trying to hit a goal of 200 now. So go ahead and hit that like button and support your boys to get more content. Uh, but D'Lo, what we got going on today, man? What's the topics? Man, you said that we have some a uh, few good topics this week. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving's suspension and loss of his Nike endorsement deal. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. takeoffs, death, and death, and the state of the hip hop culture. And somebody has made their way back in the news again. Ime Doka and his potential new coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Man, you got Ime back in the back in the podcast, bro. Back, back in, in the, the podcast. podcast, man. Stay yeah. trending, bro. <laughs> but, uh, bef- but again, before we get into the topics, man, how was the week as we always do to begin the episode? Yeah, man. Um, first and foremost, want to say to our niece, my goddaughter, um, we're thinking of you. We love you. Um, For sure. Get better. But other than that, everything was good this week. Um, you know, always good. I- I'll keep saying it. I'm sure the people that continuously listen to our podcast and get to this part up. Uh, Great spending time with my family when I have a chance to spend time with them. Um, just want to make sure that my kids understand that that I love them. I'm doing things to make their future better if I can, and and I'm doing everything that I can to do that. And um, you know, loving on my wife as as well. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. Let's oh, and again. let's talk about. Okay. Let's talk about. Yep, my fault. Let's talk about. We'll we'll talk about it after you say how yours your week has been. But we'll talk about. What I didn't want to do on Monday, which is (laughs) Halloween, but we'll talk about that real quick. (laughs) Uh, Nah, so so yeah, man. Um, my week was cool, man. Uh, Of course, my 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 week is always, you know, working with you with the podcast, and of course, uh, the car sales. And when I get a chance to spend time with Sam, I can uh, for sure every single weekend. Uh, Her birthday was Tuesday, November the first. So no, happy was that Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, the first. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Her birthday was Tuesday, the first. So happy birthday to her. Happy birthday, baby girl. She just turned fifteen. I got a fifteen year old. Mm. Crazy, uh, but everything is cool. We we chilling this weekend. She uh, I, like I told you earlier, man. She got this uh, <laughs> this uh, this baby in the crib. They doing a a birth control project <laughs> at school. <laughs> so, and this little baby, mechanical baby, driving her crazy. So if if y'all if y'all hear anything in the background crying, I ain't no granddaddy yet. But yeah, I got I got a little one, and I got a little one back there, and my daughter is taking care of it, and she is going crazy. So yeah, just keep that in mind. But yeah, everything great is birth control me, though, bro. Great, great birth, birth based off control. of what you told me, it's great birth control. Six o'clock great in the morning, birth. three o'clock in the morning. Oh, Oof. man, listen, she yeah. was she. It was tragic when I walked in her room. That's yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. Tra- or this morning rather. So yeah, but now she's she's cool. Uh, we was gonna do some some shopping for her birthday this weekend because I didn't I didn't have her last week and her mom did. So uh, we was gonna do some shopping, but this baby done turned everything upside down. 
everything else. She don't even feel like going nowhere. She don't need, a 15 year old that don't want to shop, you know, this baby is doing a good job. <laughs> this baby hey. is doing a good job. So, uh, but yeah, but what was you about to get into, bro? Oh, no, I was just going to say, so, you know, um, Monday was Halloween and mm-hmm. I did participate and do the family activities. We were Scooby-Doo. Um, my wife did not think I was going to be prepared. And I really just threw together the outfit real quick. So I was supposed to be Fred. Um, mm-hmm. She had brought the ascot and I threw it together real quick, put a shirt on top of a shirt and some tight jeans and some uh, loafers. And, you know, it, to be out with the kids and go trick or treat, and that was fun. But in all actuality, I was like, man, I can't wait to take this mess off and get back into the crib. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I told you last week, you choose your battles, yeah. and I, that was you not a battle do. that I wanted to fight. For <laughs> so sure, I for sure, for sure. And, 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 and to give y'all y'all props, man, y'all look good. I saw the pics on Stacey. You know, shout out, shout out, sis-in-law, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I saw the pics on the page, bro. Y'all look good. Y'all did y'all thing, man. Y'all did well, y'all thing. It was a, it was a good family I'm... moment right there, bro. Yeah, yeah, I guess. If you say so. Yeah. Nah, it was dope. It was dope. It was dope. But nah, so um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and get into it. My, oh, before I start, bro, I do want to say too, man, um, to my niece, um, you know, I, I, we are thinking about you. We got you in the prayer. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully you get better as well. Go ahead, yep. bro. Yeah, so right into it, man. Kyrie has been suspended by the Brooklyn Nets and lost his deal or his endorsement deal with Nike. So, Thursday evening, the Brooklyn Nets decided to suspend Kyrie Irving without pay for at least five games for his refusal to apologize for posting a link to a document um, or to a documentary that contains some anti-Semitic falsehoods. He also, a day later, lost his Nike deal because of this situation. So with all that being said, Sticks, how do you feel about Kyrie and this whole situation about the documentary and his suspension with the Brooklyn Nets? Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it, honestly, um, because, of course, Kyrie is an amazing person. He has some, some weird takes in the past, but he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing guy. Um, so the, the link that he posted was, was, in his words, meant to be educational. Now, I know all of y'all have probably already lit this up, but for those who don't know, for what anti anti-Semitism is, it dates back to the birth of Christianity, saying that the mm-hmm. Jews were directly directly and collectively responsible for the crucifixion. Okay. But now in the 21st century, they're saying that the Jews are trying to control the world with capitalism and propagate uh, communism by controlling the news media. Look, we I don't want no smoke. I'm just, mm. you know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know, giving y'all the information that I researched and trying to figure out what's going on with Kyrie. We love all religions. We love all races Mm -hmm. and all forms of people. We are not here to spat anything anti-Semitic. I promise you. We we don't want no smoke. But we're just here to give out the news. So that's what anti-Semitism is coming from the media, coming from what people are saying that Kyrie is doing, Kanye is doing, these, that, this, that, the third. Mm -hmm. But in in Kyrie's words, it was just meant to be educational to his people he was doing some research on the background of the jewish community and some of the cultures in the religion and he looked on amazon found it watched it shared it to me ain't nothing wrong with that you know what i'm saying because from what he was trying to do was he was just trying to educate his people since y'all are talking about anti-semitism all over the news all in the media this is what y'all saying kanye is doing i did my i did some research 
I got a little bit of insight. Now y'all should watch this and get some insight as well. So that's mm-hmm. what his situation was. To me, I'm, I'm cool with that. Kyrie, I don't think you did nothing wrong. You didn't say you were anti-Semitic. You didn't say you were against the, the Jewish community. You didn't say any of this. You just shared a link. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I'm cool. Um, what you think? So, I mean, if we follow the same rhetoric as we did with the artist formerly known as Kanye, then mm-hmm. Kyrie is wrong. True. But, agreed. Agreed. But uh, in this situation, with the situation of Kyrie, I don't feel like it's as cut and dry as Kanye's situation because Kanye just flat out tweeted what he tweeted about the Jewish mm-hmm. community. With Kyrie, yes, he posted a link to a documentary that has anti-Semitic um, statements of falsehood in it, but he never said how he tr- how he felt about the documentary. Um, he never said anything anti-Semitic that came from mm-hmm. nothing anti-Semitic came from his mouth. Nothing um, insinuating anti-Semitism came from his mouth. So mm-hmm. to me, we can't condemn somebody for posting something and we don't know their true intent behind exactly. what it is. And so like the, the, and that's why I said last week, the cancel culture is starting to get really toxic because mm-hmm. without even having information, true clear cut information or evidence to support mm-hmm. why you're canceling somebody, we're using assumptions to, to fill those voids. And um, I mean, I, I think, we all know if if anything we what we learned from Kyrie last year with him sending out sitting out for not getting the the COVID vaccination mm-hmm. is stand on what he stands on, uh, especially if you try if you back him into a corner. Um, I don't know Kyrie personally, and you know many will think differently than how I think. I feel like he's a, a educated individual. I mean, at least very that's much the way a free thinker. Very yeah, much a free thinker. It, it, that's the way he presents himself. And mm-hmm. but he's also stubborn. And so the the reason that he's in the situation that he's in right now is because they said he refused to apologize. True. But if you look at the timeline of how all of this took place, he posted the documentary. Uh, he posted the link mm-hmm. to the documentary that's on Amazon. I actually just purchased the book a couple of days ago just to see like, okay, like I said, I want to do my own research. I'm not going to go off of what somebody said. Right. He posted the link. Somebody from Rolling Stones releases an article that says, you know, actually what is in the documentary. And then from there, all of the backlash starts to come. The next mm-hmm. day, Kyrie releases a tweet saying he, uh, where did it go? Uh, what did he say? Uh, right yeah. The next, yeah, go ahead and read that. He says, "It says that, uh, I initially reacted out of emotion to being unjustly labeled anti-Semitic. Instead of focusing on the healing process of my Jewish brothers and sisters, they were hurt from the hateful remarks made in the documentary." Um, mm-hmm. He said, uh, "To all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize." So that was a, that was the latest. That was the last apology that he did. The one that he Mm -hmm. did initially that didn't say, I apologize. He actually just says, it it was very close to being an apology, uh, like a complete Mm -hmm. apology by saying, I apologize. He just did not say, I apologize. But in this tweet, the one that came after 
the initial backlash came, he says, I'm an I, I'm an ominist, which means someone that believes and respects all religions and mm-hmm. meant no disrespect to anyone's religion, uh, religious beliefs. He just wants to embrace and learn from all walks of life. Does that sound like an apology to you? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't Not, sound like. No, no. go ahead. No, it, it doesn't sound like an apology. It, it It's an admission of him. It, it, it's him acknowledging that he might have he might have been wrong for doing it, but it wasn't him apologizing for what the backlash was that came from. Um, but then so I, I have a different yeah. opinion on that. I feel like that the only thing missing out of there is I apologize. For sure, for sure, I agree. So I feel like I mean, okay, it might. Yeah, not, it's, 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 it's an admission of guilt, but it's definitely not. Yeah, an, it's sure. definitely not. An, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we okay. So now we're back on the same boat. I feel like yeah, yeah. That shouldn't that that statement shouldn't have enraged everybody to continue to ask the questions that they asked of Kyrie and want him to um, disavow anti-Semitism because mm-hmm. he basically said I am a he basically said I want to learn from these different religious beliefs and I'm embracing all religions all uh, races. It's unlike what yeah. Kanye did. By going yeah. on a damn world tour, saying Man. what he said, you know what I'm saying. So it's yeah. it's it's different. Um, but to me, you know, again, I, I I'll say like what you said earlier. I don't want any smoke. Um, with with this, we're just saying how we feel and what we believe to be true about this Kyrie situation. And um, my real issue with the whole thing, and then I'll turn it back over to you, is. Mm-hmm. The media once again is putting their two cents on it and basically bullying Kyrie to, or basically did bully Kyrie to apologize, and he wouldn't apologize, and then he got suspended, and now he has to apologize and go through these six steps that he has to complete in order to get back mm-hmm. into the NBA. I just have a problem with how <clears throat> nobody really. I have a problem with nobody really cared that he posted that link until the media did what they did. And now it's, I want to say a fake outrage. You think it's a, okay. Okay. That's a good take. I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit. Um, But leading up to the suspension, it was like from when he posted it earlier in the week, it was a couple of days where they, it grew into, like you said, an outrage. I'm going to put mm-hmm. quotes on it because you said because you said fake. But yep. for the Brooklyn Nets and the owner, Joe Sy, to punish Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has sided with, a, with the public in believing that Kyrie's refusal to condemn his comments and the contents of the film that he showed on social media and they, they it left them literally no choice but to suspend Kyrie, honestly. Yep. But um, the owner Josiah had resisted and take and took his time and and resuspended him because he kind of wanted to see if he could educate Kyrie and his and what was going on. So he he got the anti defamation league, the ADL, mm-hmm. to come in and talk to Kyrie, and he watched the whole like what is like a three or four hour uh, hate filled. Uh, film and try to talk to Kyrie about what his words and what his actions were doing to the public. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of talked about the whole movie and this and the third. And it's like, it, 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 
to to me, I don't. I I think Joe Joe is getting some backlash for not immediately suspending Kyrie for what was going on. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why he's getting that backlash is because it's in the wake of Ye. To me, right. that's what I was thinking. It's in the wake yes. of what Ye was doing and all of this stuff that's happening to Kanye. Him losing all of his deals, his losing his bank account, his losing all of this, all of this money. And now here comes Ky- here comes Kyrie a week later posting some of the same ideologies that Kanye had that he got killed for. Uh, killed is a bad word, but he got, you know, blown up for in the media. Mm-hmm. So why are you not taking the same stance with Kyrie and getting him up out of here, for lack of a better word, right? Right. So he issued this, Joe Sy issued a statement Friday <clears throat> declaring that he was disappointed that Kyrie appears to support the film that mm-hmm. was based on the book that, you know, that has the anti-Semitic you know, disinformation and described his desire uh, to sit down and make sure he understands that this is hurtful to all of us. And as a man of faith, it is wrong to promote hate based, hate based on race, ethnicity, ethnicity and uh, religion. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to give, he was low key trying to give Kyrie a chance to make it right, which I respect Josiah for low key. Right. You, you respect I feel like you have to respect this might seem bad, but you, you have to respect both sides of it. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely have to respect. You have to respect that Joe side try to give it some time and give Kyrie the ability to. For lack of better terms, not like, well, yeah, for lack of better terms, make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to look from the perspective of Kyrie again i'm going to say we don't know his true intent right for posting that link for, well, for what he know, said for what he said it was just to educate he educated himself and he wanted his people to educate themselves as well that's what he said that's from his right, word right but but so the question is what type of education are you trying to Put out Agreed. there, right? Because Are he posted the link to, with no, with no he just caption, the link. Anything. no right. caption, no nothing. Just posted the link, so we don't and, know why he posted it. So yeah, you're exactly. right. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, you can look at it from both sides. Are you trying to educate people to be hateful, or are you mm-hmm. trying to educate people to not relive what? Jews went through what blacks went through to get to the point that they are right now. Are mm-hmm. you trying to just start a conversation? And that's the thing that's lacking in this country. I know we don't want to get political and I'm, I'm trying to stay away from it as best I can. Right. That's the thing that's facts. lacking in, in our country right now is the ability to have a decent conversation with somebody mm-hmm. that you disagree with because right. now it's just, Oh, they don't think how I think let's get them out of here. Oh, yep. this person is supporting this person. I don't like them. Just let's just have a conversation because more than likely what we find with any race, any religion, um, anything of anybody that we disagree with is our differences are a lot less than our, our uh, likenesses. And so if we would have that conversation and just openly have open dialogue, I think we would find that out. And I and I agree with you on that too because just a simple question of so what did you mean by this or what was the right. reason for you posting this so just a simple question like that can open up so much more of a conversation as to what Kyrie really meant but like you said man cancel culture is so crazy now that it's like okay this film is anti-Semitic we just got Kanye up out of here let's get Kyrie up out of here too yes you know what I'm and, saying so it's like so- and they jump so fast to do that it's so crazy bro 
Exactly. And so that's why, and maybe I shouldn't have said fake outrage. It's definitely not fake outrage, but it's an outrage that was um, manufactured. It was outrage that was manufactured, right? Um, And I feel like it was by the media, not necessarily from the public doing their own research. It just was somebody from, like I said, Rolling Stones posted it and they did their research and then it came out how it came out. And now everybody in the public's like, oh, this is wrong. And I mean, the, the documentary's been out since 2018. So right. I, I don't. And that's and the same thing Kyrie said. It was like, yo, that's, it's 2022. History shouldn't be hidden from anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing he said. He was like, this, 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 you could have found this back in 2018. You right. know what I'm saying? It's, I'm trying to educate my people and, in 2022, history should not be hidden from anyone. So I kind of, I, I kind of, now that, you know, he's actually coming out and speaking about why the, some of the reasons why he posted it and how he came, how he even came across the, um, the documentary in the first place, it's like, okay, I see what Kanye, I, not Kanye, I see what Kyrie's saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But initially, whenever he was asked about it after he posted it, he was, he did seem kind of defiant. You know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, kinda, because yeah. of the way he was asked the question. Well, he wasn't he really wasn't even asked the question. They basically put the label on him of being anti Semitic. Exactly. And, and like I said, if we did not learn anything about Kyrie last year, is he's gonna if you back him into a corner, he's gonna stand on how he's kind of childish in a way when it comes to in a way. you know situations where people go against how he feels. I mean, we know he's a flat earther, so He's not, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's not all there, but you know, there's <laughs> obviously there's, there's theories against why the earth is not flat. And then there's theories to why the earth is flat. Man, mm-hmm. I, I don't see that earth idea right now. And not to get yeah. away from the topic that we're on, but right. we know that Kyrie is, he can be defined and go against the grain. And mm-hmm. so when he's backed into these corners, he's going to stand on what he said. And he's mm-hmm. not, so when he, shut down at that press conference after they played the Pacers, I think. I think it was the Bulls. The Bulls. No, it was, okay. Yeah, it was the Bulls. Well, the Bulls was the last game they won before he got it. So it might have been the Pacers. Yeah, you're right. Well, you're right, whoever right. it was, whoever yeah. it was, that press conference where it all blew up and he refused to, refused to apologize, mm-hmm. um, he shut down because, as he said, they put labels on him and put words in his mouth that he never said. And that's where I'm at is he never said anything. Yes. He posted that. And I don't condone hate. I don't condone falsehood of any religion or any race. Um, But we don't know the true intent of why he posted what he posted. And for us to cancel him for that, I think it's a bit premature. We could have learned, could have asked the right questions to get him to open up about his true intent. And then mm-hmm. from there, we could have learned more. It, exactly. We could have condemned him or praised him for what he posted. And that's for sure. And it's it's crazy because you could kind of see, because shoot, when they played the Chicago Bulls, he, only, he didn't take a shot into the fourth quarter. He only scored four points in that game. And right. the funny thing is, is that this 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 false this false label that they put on him, I'm going to call it a false label because I don't think he, I definitely don't think he's anti-Semitic. Right. But, um, this false label that they put on him definitely affected him and his teammates noticed it in, in the Bulls game. A lot of them were like, for a guy who is, you know, known for averaging 25 to 30 points a game, you could tell that he was distant from the team. He, you know, it was like an anvil hanging over the team. Like it was a weight mm-hmm. hanging over the team because of this whole situation with Kyrie Irving. So it was like, it's, 
it, it, like you said, man, with a conversation, just just asking somebody how they feel or asking somebody, what do you mean? Or asking somebody like, what what was this about? Just having asking that simple question can open up a, a whole new world of 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 thought process with everybody that you speak to. Like right. We got to know we got to learn how to communicate. Social media has taken that away from people. For it's sure. it's, gi- it's giving them a platform to speak their mind, but it's also taking away that human interaction of, hey, how do you feel? Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, so it's like, and, it, and also because we have so much information at our fingertips, and we can easily look at a headline and think we can gather the full depth of what the topic is about. We're quick to judge anybody that has an opinion that doesn't follow the the information that we're looking at. Um, the internet in itself, you can go down a rabbit hole of whatever you want to go down. I can I can look mm-hmm. up a, a good reason for people to eat shit and have great, <laughs> you know, have great facts to support that. But you know, True. in reality, True. based off of what the internet says, but in reality is that you should we should not be doing that. So. I, I think, like you said earlier, we know a lot about Kyrie. Um, mm-hmm. We know a lot of things that he has tried to make himself in the last couple of years. Being a racist or being an anti-Semitic person is not one that pops my mind. Maybe he is, but how he has presented himself, the evidence of who he is in the last few years does not say that, has not said that to me. At all, at all. So, um just getting into kind of like the suspension. I know you said it's a six-step process. I'm let you talk about that. But um, Joe Sy, of course, was talking to lawyers and, of course, the league office. And, of course, they landed on a five-game suspension without pay, which is going to cost mm-hmm. Kyrie $1.2 million and a requirement to complete a series of objective remedial measures to address the harmful impact of his conduct. So what is that six-step process, Devo? I didn't have that down, but let me get it up for you. No, I, I have it, but I was going to. So basically in the email outline, uh, outline of the suspension to his agent, the conditions needed for Kyrie's reinstatement include a public statement recognizing mm-hmm. that the film is anti-Semitic, an apology for supporting the film and the falsehoods within it, training sessions on the dangers of hate speech, hate speech and then mm-hmm. also meetings with, with uh, Brooklyn Jewish leaders within the community. So those are the things that he has to do as far as to get back on the court. Now he's going to certify game suspension. But in order to get back on the court with the Nets, he got to go through the list of things as far as making that statement, you know, recognizing that it's, that it's anti-Semitic and things of that nature. So it's kind of like, um, we go, which we're going to talk about later, it's kind of like the the NBA the situation, you know, with Boston. It's like, you're going to serve this 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 year, you're right. going to serve your suspension, but then we got to, you know, reevaluate to see if you can get back on the team. So it's like, it's kind of like that too, in a sense. So, I mean... It's 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 kind of affecting Kyrie a little. This is affecting Kyrie even more because he's on the. I think if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but you can you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's on the last year of his contract this year because he was mm-hmm. trying to get traded this past year. His trade value was already low, so this might even affect that even more. So that like the, you know, it, it might affect that more in the long term. So I think he has an option next year, which mm-hmm. if he's smart, he would probably pick that up. But yeah, I, also I would think, too. Uh, but one thing we also know, another thing we should I shouldn't say one thing. Another thing we know about Kyrie is money is not really a driving factor for him. So very true. 
he very well could say, I still want to be out of Brooklyn. Um, the only thing that would probably keep him there is if Kevin Durant decides to he wants to mm-hmm. stay in Brooklyn. And the way he's been playing the last two games, getting Kyrie out of there may be the option for him. But it's tough. We'll see. Tough. The time will tell how Kyrie and this whole Brooklyn Nets situation will play out. I don't think this one will go away lightly. Like, like we mentioned about E-Man, and again, we'll talk about him later on. I mm-hmm. felt like that situation will would die down within a couple of months. This Kyrie situation, just because of how Kyrie is perceived in the media um, mm-hmm. for not only his decision last year, but for some of the things, his pregame and during game antics. Um, I, I don't think this one to die down easily. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not. It's not going to die down too easily. He He's already lost, you know, his Nike contract. So they kind of taken, it kind of seems like a lot of these, the, the team and some companies, especially Nike are taking the same kind of stuff that they took with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like, Hey, we, we can't have this in our company. So we gotta, we gotta let you go type of thing. But right. it's like, there, at some point, someone's behavior can do more than just damage the company's bottom line. You know what I'm saying, right? And the, but his, you have your talent. You, we we know that you're an inevitable talent. But at some point, it's like some of the things that you say from back five years ago with the flat Earth situation, and then a couple of years back with the non-vaccination, which you know, I, I, I that thing got that ain't none of my business. I got vaccinated, but right. You know, I, Everybody don't, you know what I'm saying? If you don't feel like you want to do it. That's you your choice. Do, you know what I'm saying? That's right. your choice. You know what I'm saying? But it, Kyrie at some point has to understand that, you know, pride comes before the fall. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Kyrie's future is in Kyrie's hands. And he might, you know, he might be the only one person suffering through this experience, but he the only one who doesn't understand that. Like, he's not the only person. So right. he got he to gotta figure it out, man. I mean... It's, but it's just weird, man, because I feel like you can't you can't be a free thinker anymore, bro. I just I feel like when does it stop? Right. When when do we say, OK, now this is this is a bit egregious of what you guys are doing to this certain individual, because mm-hmm. it's been plenty of people that before Kyrie posted that post about that film and plenty of people after he posted it they have posted things that they don't entirely agree with but one part mm-hmm. of whatever it is that they posted they they agreed with there's been plenty of people that have supported a person or a thing that they didn't entirely agree with and we didn't condemn them or they deal with or made deals with people or things that they don't entirely agree with and, and we haven't condemned them as we have condemned Kyrie. Again, we're in a climate right now, so especially coming from the Yay situation a couple of weeks ago where you know we are trying to combat anti-Semitism and, and I get that, but I think we have as a as a collective group of individuals or a group of people in America have began to like move to the overly sensitive um, side of things and not truly understand where anybody's coming from and just condemning them without any evidence and assumptions filling the void. And that's True. my final thought on it. Yeah. Do you, I was going to ask one more question before we uh, yeah, ended the yeah, Kanye yeah. segment. Do you think this is the last time we Kyrie. see Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie in a Nets jersey, bro? Like, do you think they wave him? You know, if they do wave him, do you think he would be on a minimum contract with another team? Like, do any other team want to be in the Kyrie, the Kyrie business? Like, what do you think? 
I don't I don't think it's the last time we see Kyrie in a Nets uniform. This may be the last year that he's with the Nets. Um, but I th- I do think he at least puts it on a, one more time, um, maybe a couple of games. We know that well, LeBron has came out against him, but I still think we know mm-hmm. that the Lakers would pick him up. Um, I don't want to say that. that he wanted to play for the. He also said yeah. that he wouldn't mind going back and playing with LeBron in the summer. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know for sure. I can't say for sure that the Lakers would pick him up. But in my opinion, um, if he did the six steps that the Nets have laid out for him, mm-hmm. and that they felt sincere sincerity with it then I feel like the Lakers would probably pull him in. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he – and my final thoughts are I feel like, um, you know, Kyrie with a couple of the things that he's done over the over the years and how he struck a chord with the community and with the NBA, um, he's kind of digging a hole for himself a little mm-hmm. bit or has dug a hole for himself and he's digging it deeper. Um, he just got to, you know, he's got to chill, bro. <laughs> your yeah. your his his talent is inevitable. He's a he's a superstar, probably arguably the best ball handler in the history of the NBA. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he, with with all that being said, your talent doesn't. Which I don't say I don't think he has a bad character, but his talent doesn't surpass the character that he portrays and what people see him as. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I agree. He has, 100%. Yeah, he has to. He ha, he's he's got to figure out a way to just at some point just be quiet. You know what I'm saying, and just you just play the, just play ball, bro. I don't want to be the shut up and dribble type, but whenever you when you posting things that you, that are getting a getting the world in a tizzy about what you're saying, then at some mm-hmm. point, all right, I just I just need to sit back. You know what I'm saying, and just yeah. you know do your thing. So, yeah. but yeah, that's there, that's that's my final consequences thought. with freedom of speech. Um, there is you know, freedom freedom of, freedom of speech ain't free for real. Yeah, for real. yeah. It is what you want, but there's a consequence to some things you say. Right. Yep. 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 All right. So Tuesday morning, the hip hop community lost another one of its members as takeoff. A member of the group Migos was killed in Houston. Um, It said that the altercation was because of a dice game. Um, And takeoff is, again, the latest member to lose his life in the hip hop community over gun violence. Six, how are you feeling about this latest loss to the hip hop community and takeoff? Man. Of course, RIP takeoff, man. Um, Migos was one of those those rap groups that low-key changed the game, man. They mm-hmm. that they legit changed the game as far as like how you rap. Like their cadence and how they rapped in their in their songs. Especially when they they blew up off the off the song Versace with with Drake and just that cadence that they had is like now they have a different form of rap. People saying Migos rap or Versace rap or things like that. So they they were innovators in the game of uh, in the hip hop culture, for mm-hmm. sure. And to see Takeoff be killed over an argument that he wasn't even involved in, mm-hmm. he wasn't even involved in the argument. Um, and it just is 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 so many of our of our black black men, but rappers in general and people in the culture that are being gunned down for stupid shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like stupid shit. And they said that his the cause of death in Houston um was two gunshots wounds to the head and in his torso that ended ended up going from his torso to his arm and stated in the cause of death. So it's like, bro, like 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand, bro. I don't understand why this stuff keeps happening, dog. This stuff keeps happening in our community. And I was watching a couple of reports and I was looking at DJ Academics video, uh, shout out to him, uh, where he was kind of breaking down a lot of the footage that came from the, uh, the, the, the bowling alley that they were at having the party. And he said something that was alarming. He said, street culture is synonymous with black culture. Mm. And people believe that if something street or hood or mob like is synonymous with us as black people. And I was and I, I thought about it and I was like, yo, that's 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 kind of true, because as far as hip hop culture, hip hop culture is tied with black culture. Mm-hmm. And within hip hop culture is a lot of street culture. Yep. And talking about. You know the ops and what you're going to do to the ops and drug, drugs and violence and this, that, and the third. And the fact that that is synonymous with us as a black community is disturbing, bro. It's disturbing, bro. So let's stick with that real quick. And I I didn't want to, I I battle with how I wanted to attack this segment. Right. Um, Because I felt like, well, naturally this is always the rhetoric that is played when a rapper is gunned down mm-hmm. and you're right. It is synonymous with, well, you're right. And academics is right. And the people that put this rhetoric out is right. That is synonymous with black culture and hip hop culture is street culture, but it's a reason for that. And that's, that's what bothers me. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when um, Candace Owens put out her stats of what she found uh, mm-hmm. the, the ills of the black community. And is it hurts because yes, it's true. But the question that never gets asked is, well, why are they are, is the black culture like that? And it's not our doing. And that's where I was trying to say a couple of weeks ago is it's not our doing. We've been mm-hmm. placed in situations that, require us to fight for our survival and we still thrive, but they're unfortunate situations. Um, you know, so the, the, the street culture that comes with hip hop culture, first off, hip hop is just a sounding board for what goes on in the hoods. Mm-hmm. It's a megaphone. It's, it's not a sounding board. It's a megaphone. It's a megaphone. For what goes on, what goes on in the hoods. Most of these individuals that make it to be rappers or basketball players or athletes come from unfortunate situations. The things that they see or have saw uh, have seen in their day to day lives growing up, mm-hmm. they're going to rap about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to let you know what's going on in the hood. It is unfortunate, but we can't. We we can't condemn we we can't we can condemn the actions that's being mm-hmm. rapped about mm-hmm. because that's not every black person's experience it is the majority um statistically speaking it is the majority of the black experiences living in the hood or living in unfortunate situations um but that was going to be my question was going to be to you 
and you said that you didn't, you don't know why it keeps happening, but it's what can we do about it? If, if that is our experience and it's not, it's not entirely our fault. And I'll, I'll also stand on what I said a couple of weeks ago as well is we don't need to ask. We don't need to continue to ask people to help us out of these situations. We need to figure it out ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we weren't the one that put ourselves into these situations. Very true. Very true. I mean, honestly, bro, I don't know what we can do because it, it's it the the way the way media works is that sex and violence and things of that nature sell. Drama sells. Drama mm -hmm. and sex sells. Um, and unfortunately, if we were if we've been we've been put in situations like you said, you know, unfortunately put in situations of drama. Basically, that's what that's what we're going to talk about. Right. So I don't think that there's anything that I don't even want to say that because there is something we can do, but we kind of need to figure out exactly how to. I guess better portray the message of what we're going through. Mm. It's yeah. not about it's not it's, it's, most of the time. And I, and I live by this. It's a couple of sayings that I live by. This is one of them. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Mm hmm. And I think J. Cole is a really good proponent of this, is that he knows the struggle coming from Dreamville, coming mm -hmm. from the, coming from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville, North Carolina was a bad place at one point. Mm -hmm. Kind of still is, but it's a, it was a bad place at one point. And the way he portrays his message doesn't come off as shoot a nigga, kill a nigga, fuck a bitch type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. he, 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 he says those things in his raps, but it's like he the way he relays his message is totally it's different from it's sprinkled through there it's not the only message that comes through it exactly so again it's not what you say it's how you say it and if we can find a better way to portray our message of the struggles that we do go through with the drama and the sex and everything that that sells in our in in the industry then it'll be a lot easier for us to get out of these situations yeah. and it won't be situations like this happening all the time and another way that we can, another way that, that that the rappers and the people in these in the people that are in these positions can change this narrative as well is to be modest. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to show what you have or talk about what you have or post where you are or this, that, and the third because they were actually on Drink Champs uh, here recently, and Nori told him to say, "You got to watch what you post because even though you're just trying to show off and show your fans the things that you have." It's mm -hmm. people that follow you and watch you that have bad intentions and don't want the best for you. They are looking at your page and see you every day and say, I want that. Yep. I agree. You know I what I'm saying? So we just got to be modest, bro. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I feel like, and I, I did not say it, so I want to make sure that I put this in here. This, this is not a, a slap at any rapper that has lost their life. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that I say it, that, you know, it's deeply regretful and um, not regretful, it's, deep, it's deeply hurtful that somebody had to lose his life and take off who, um, again, was a part of an influential style, a change in the hip hop community that he lost his life to some uneventful, un, um, unlikely scenario that, that was the, the gun violence that had happened in Houston. But the first thing I thought of coming into this segment was our entertainers, especially in the hip hop community, 
they need to be more mindful about staying out of situations that aren't favorable to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them are suckered into going back to the hood and spending majority of their time there when they work so hard to get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Jay-Z has a quote that says, people look at you strange saying you change like you work that hard to stay the same. And what happens is most of the time they're the ones that's changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true in most situations where we see, where we see these rappers being gunned down. Like you said, they're posting their location or saying something of the sort of come holler at me if you want X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And somebody comes and hollers at him. The, the only one that I think he didn't post his location, but he was always there was Nip's situation where he got killed mm-hmm. in front of his his store. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other ones, you know, they posted their location or they were in a situation where they had no the 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 odds were not favorable for them, either Very no true. security guard or they saw the situation starting to get hostile and they remained there. Mm-hmm. What was the one thing that our coaches always told us in while we were playing sports? If people getting if if you with a group and they get into trouble, your name is going to be in the paper, not theirs. The same is true with this situation. When sh- when shit goes down in the hood, people going to look to get at you rather than anybody else because you're the one with all the money, with all the stuff mm-hmm. that they want. For so sure. I just feel like our, our our entertainers, especially in the hip-hop community, need to do a better job of not putting themselves in situations that aren't favorable to them. Very true, man. Very true. And I mean, I'm not going to get into all of the, the allegations of who they say did it or who who shot who or who killed you know this that and the third because that's that's the media's job yeah. uh but there are some some inf- there is some information out there if y'all want to go check it out but it, it's, it's funny because i was doing some research on on takeoff um because that dude was he was the quietest and the most probably the most reserved one out of the group right but and i didn't even know quavo was his uncle did you know that yeah 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 i knew i saw i knew him and offset were cousins and mm-hmm. Quavo was the uncle of the group, which is kind of strange. Which is kind of strange because they all about around the same age, but which, right. which is not, you know, with with it's not it's not that uncommon, honestly. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they were about they, they they the reason why they went on Drink Champs was to promote um, a the new, album, the album that they got coming out called uh, "Only Built for Infinity Links," mm-hmm. and they were about to drop the album that's 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 going to drop, um, and. They were going under the moniker Unkin Few, uh, which is kind of funny. But um, he his, his actual solo album that he did back in 2018 actually hit number four on the charts, which is pretty I dope. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Even though it seemed like Takeoff stood in the background of the group, he was the most loved member of Migos and a lot of people's favorite rapper in the group, even though, you know, of course, Quavo said he, Quavo might have been the most talented of Migos, but. Quavo actually was the one that said, hey, he got his name from being able to just jump on his verse and kill it in one take. He was just take off on take off on the beat. That's what they that's what that's where takeoff came from. But gotcha. it's like, bro, like, cause I know, shoot, my, my little cousin Pat, takeoff was his favorite rapper in Migos. And I was like, what? Offset is fire. Quavo is fire. I, I really ever hear takeoff. And he was like, nah, bro, listen to takeoff. Because mm-hmm. takeoff is probably the the best rapper in the group. And the more I listened, the more I realized that he was probably the most talented. And, you know. 
it's, it's just weird, man. It's just like, bro, I, I just, I just, I just hate that a lot of people, a lot of our people are being gunned down, man. And it's, it's in, in the rap community, it's just weird, bro. It's just weird, and I, I, I it just needs to end at some point. But you already kind of touched on it. Is that at least one rapper has been killed every year since 2018? Yep. We talked about Nip. Uh, he who was gunned down uh, in front of his um, the front of his store uh, Victory Lap. XSX Tentacion was gunned down in 2018 of a, a, a apparent robbery. Pop mm-hmm. Smoke a robbery a home invasion. King Von just out three o'clock in the morning. The argue he jumped out. They killed him. Uh, Young Dolph was killed buying cookies in 2021, yeah. and somebody tried to rob him. Drove up on him, shot him. PNB Rock was having you know, dinner with his family or breakfast with his family at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. People ran up on him. And then bet this, just this year, back in June, a New York drill rapper named Money Game Vante was killed in a pharmacy going to pick up some condoms. And he was killed in the pharmacy. So it's like, bro, it's a lot going on in the rap community right now. And I just pray that it just all stops, man. Because these guys with all this fame and all this fortune, bro, at some point we have to learn, like I said, just how to kind of be modest, bro. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I I wish I did have like a solution right on hand that we could give to how we can solve this problem, um, not only in hip hop, but in the black community. But it's it's going to take some time. We, we're still dealing with traumas, whether people like to realize, like to acknowledge it or not. But everybody in this country is still dealing with traumas that came from how this country was originated. And then from the Jim Crow and segregation eras, we're still dealing with that. I mean, that stuff was just 40, 50 years ago. For sure, so man. it's not just going to leave overnight. And the things that we talk about in our, in our culture, in our music is reflective of that. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm, I'm not asking I don't think we need to ask outside of our race for a solution. We need to figure out, figure it out inside of our race and then do it, execute on it. I think until then, until we can figure out a way to resolve or to have a resolution for this, this problem, we're going to continue to see it occur. Um, Hopefully it doesn't, increase and it, it slowly decreases but I, I think we'll see this occur for the next couple of years because of because of the culture that we've unfortunately built for ourselves 100%, and it's really man, it's really young and I'm sorry about that oh, this is my no, last thing it's really it's really the younger group um, so to speak that is involved in most of this and and that's because they, I'm not going to say they don't know any better, but they're trying to prove themselves in mm-hmm. the the in the street life that they're involved in right now. Mm-hmm. So if we can find, I, I think that may be the first step that we need to take is find other avenues that the young people of our culture can be involved in in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Then it'll permeate up into the older culture because i mean you and i we're we're in our later years latter years mm-hmm. of the millennials mm-hmm. we don't directly involve ourselves in that culture but we're aware of it for sure and so if it if it 
dies at the young age, then naturally as they get older, it'll it'll slowly trickle itself out. True, true, true. Because the the hip hop culture isn't going anywhere. Yeah. But we can we can what we can try to do as a community is change the narrative around the culture. And like you said, it starts with the it starts with the younger generation because this is is as privileged as this generation is mm-hmm. with all of the technology and all of the things that they've been given that we didn't have when we were growing up in the millennial age, right? Mm-hmm. But as privileged as this generation is, they are very they the influence that the rap community has on this 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 uh, generation is a very that's what I was looking for. Get, get shit, my point. They are very impressionable. And the influence that this that the rap community has on this on this generation is astounding because they don't they they didn't go through some of them do because they're in that situation but a lot of people like my daughter or like 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 your kids or you know like a lot of like a lot of um, black kids these days didn't go through the same struggle that we went through mm-hmm. they have a lot more privileges these days than we ever had mm-hmm. so it's the 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 culture that is teaching these these children this street culture the street life and like you said they're now they're trying to prove themselves that they are about what they don't even they didn't have to go through mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so again it's 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 us starting with them trying to teach them how not to be within that culture or what the things that the struggles that we went through you don't have to worry about those struggles so it's more about the message and how we relay it and try to teach the younger generation to move away from that so that way the generation after them can continue to keep that cycle going and changing the culture. So that's what we yeah. got to do, man. Yeah, all about education. And we're, we're not mm-hmm. talking about in the school systems, even though that yeah. could be a piece of it, but we're, we're just talking about overall education of how to uplift mm-hmm. the black community and then in turn uplift the hip hop community. So stuff like this doesn't happen any, anymore. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. All right. So. Moving on from from takeoff and the struggles of the hip hop community to Ime Udoka's back in the headlines. Back in the headlines again. When man. when does this when does this <laughs> die sticks? When does this this no, when is he no longer a mainstay in the headlines? So Ime Udoka is back in the headlines after the Nets fired second year head coach Steve Nash. The Nets have been um, in since their firing. They have been vetting other coaches. But it's looking like the their candidate of choice is going to be Ime Udoka after um, looking into the situation that happened with the, the Boston Celtics and asking mm-hmm. to speak with him. It was granted by the, the Celtics, and it looks like they are in the final stages of finalizing a deal with Ime to be their next head coach. Sticks, what's your thoughts about the potential hiring for the Brooklyn Nets? <sighs> So our boy Eme back in the back in the in the in the news again, back on the podcast one more time, man. But um <laughs> of course, as as most of y'all might know, is that Brooklyn Nash just parted ways with Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, so that's how Eme Udoka even got into the conversation to get in the head coach job in the first place. But he is currently, as D Lo mentioned, under a one-year suspension with the Celtics for the improper workplace relationship. But they need to vet that out first. They need to get that mm-hmm. situation done first. I feel like, and just like we said in the past three, four episodes that we done did on eBay, but uh, it was it's only been two. But yeah, but um, 
we we felt like in the past that he was going to get another opportunity to coach and that he honestly deserved an opportunity to coach. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But he does deserve to be punished for the things that he did. So my thoughts on it is how is it possible for the Nets to go ahead and give Buddy the job with no reprimand and not even have to fulfill the one-year suspension that the Celtics gave him. And I know it's different per organization from what the organizational suspensions can be and what the NBA suspensions Mm -hmm. can be. But at the same time, shouldn't the Nets have the same regard for the suspension as the Celtics do with what happened, right? No? You don't think so? What do you think? I mean, I don't. So if we're talking strictly organization, I don't think they should have the same regard for that suspension as the Boston Celtics because, as you mentioned, it is a strictly an organizational True. suspension that they have, um, which is why they went through the the process of vetting out what actually went on. And okay. I, I feel like the Boston Celtics, as we mentioned, did a terrible job with handling this situation. Horrible job. Horrible job. Um, and so uh, to give an example, that would be like you have a ordeal with the company that you're with. They don't they don't fire you, but they don't give you the hours that you need to mm-hmm. you know make a living, which this is not the case with E-Man. He just got half his half his salary cut, but still enough to live on. Um, mm-hmm. But you get cut from your your job, not cut. You get uh reprimanded from your job they don't give you the hours that you need but they're not firing you so you put in applications for other jobs you tell them the situation is going on right now and uh they say okay that's fine we'll still hire you they do their due diligence and seeing what really happened and then ultimately they they decide to hire you same same, same situation here yeah, yeah. same situation same, same situation here. i agree with that i agree with that and the Celtics have already granted him permission you know what I'm saying? To talk to whoever he wanted to talk to if he wanted to leave the organization. They said they weren't going to stop him from getting jobs elsewhere. So exactly. it's in, in that in that instance, then, yes, the Nets have all right to speak to you, though. Yep. And the Celtics say they will let him go freely. They will let him go without any compensation, which is even crazy. Yep. They're not, they don't want nothing in, in return for the nothing man. Nothing in return. With nothing in return. So it's like, so, and... Well, I guess in that instance, then, yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with the Nets. Like, shoot, I mean, you just lost Steve Nash, who... Me personally, I didn't think he was gonna be a good coach anyway. I thought mm-hmm. there were so many better options out there than than a rookie head coach and Steve Nash. Me well, personally. I mean, Eme was a rookie head coach too now. So he was, but he was he had more experience than Steve Nash had being with the being with Philly, being with right. San Antonio. So he was already under a couple of really good coaches prior to getting his first head coaching job. Steve Nash had never coached before. Right. So then that's what I was that was what I was getting at is I mean yeah. Ime was also a rookie head coach, but he had more of a he had more of a, a background in coaching in the NBA where Steve Nash was like was he just a helper with the Warriors when KD was there? What was he? He he was he was a consultant. I think he was he was a consultant for the Warriors when KD was there. Yeah. He, but he also coached KD in 2020 when it was in the uh, Olympics because he was an assistant head coach in the Olymp- for the Olympics okay. in 2020. So he has some he has a relationship with KD. He has a relationship with Patty Mills because he was a, a second assistant to um, with the Spurs whenever he was whenever Patty Mills was there. Also, You're talking about Steve Nash. No. Um, 
Oh shit! I thought you were talking about Yudoka. Yeah, no, no, we yeah, talking Steve about Steve Nash. Nash. Steve Nash yeah, was he only just, a training consultant for the Warriors. He was a consultant for the Warriors. He was only consultant for the Warriors. He did. He doesn't. He didn't have any head coaching experience at all. Any coaching, yeah. not even the second, first assistant, second assistant, position yeah. coach, none of that. He was just a consultant. Yeah. So you know what I'm in that case, he's a true rookie. Whereas he was a true um, Udoka has true just, just coming through the ranks, and he's a rookie head coach, but not a rookie coach in the NBA. Exactly, exactly, yeah. because he has a lot of experience with different. Like as far as the Nets are concerned, he has experience in relationships with KD, Patty Mills. Probably the most important person he has a relationship with is Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To get Ben, to, for him to be able to possibly get Ben Simmons in line and have him a little bit more aggressive and actually playing basketball the way he knows he can play basketball, that'd mm-hmm. be huge for the Nets. But um, it's you know they 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 still have to kind of get things together and kind of figure out things with the Boston Celtics and have a couple of more talks with Udoka to see where this is going. But they do have uh, Jacques Vaughn right now as the interim head coach until Udoka can start the job. But yeah, yeah, man. I mean. It, it, it Udoka is an interesting is an interesting kind of situation, bro. Because all the backlash that he got from in Boston for the whole situation with the young lady, to now kind of being, well, in my opinion, kind of like back on top again, and being mm-hmm. able to kind of get past that situation and be able to have this opportunity to coach the Nets, who with all the talent they have on that team, can be a contender. You know what I'm saying? To be back with the in that situation. So I feel like it's going to be a good situation for Ime if, well, when, because I feel like it's a win at this point, when he gets that job in Brooklyn. So and, it's definitely, mm-hmm. go ahead, my fault. No, 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 my fault. I, 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 was done, I was done. I was done. Go ahead. No, I, I definitely feel like it is going to be a good situation. It is, it's going to be a good situation for Ime if he can control or help control the off the court distractions from coming mm-hmm. on the court but the only tr- the only challenge to that is he's coming to the team with off the court challenges himself so for the Brooklyn Nets to hopefully to hope that he can rein in all of those off the court um, distractions and mm-hmm. hold everybody accountable I don't see how they expect that to happen but Ime has showed that he can be a great coach um, in the oh, short man. amount of time that he's been a head coach. He's taken, as we know, as we all know, he's taken the Boston Celtics to the NBA finals. Um, so he, he showed that he can be a good coach. And then you just add the fact that he has a superstar in Kevin Durant. Um, if Kyrie can pull in his off the court struggles um, and just play basketball then you have Kyrie and Ben Simmons. That's a, a big three. As Shaq said, um, you have mm-hmm. two and a half stars on your team in the East. Should be, you know, a recipe for a championship contender. Um, I, I think we all knew, as you mentioned earlier, I think we all knew he was going to get his opportunity to be a head coach again. 100%. We didn't think it was going to be this soon, especially with the suspension. Yeah, that facts. he that he had from the Celtics. But Stephen A. Smith called this very scenario, which is surprising. He called this very scenario to a T. He said, what's going to happen is Steve Nash is going to get fired, mm-hmm. or the, the, the Nets are going to let him go, and they're going to go get Ime Udoka. And damn near uh, two months to the to the day, it's exactly what happened. So mm-hmm. the, the question that keeps coming up, mm-hmm. 
and to me it's like why are we back on this but the question that keeps coming up is how do we think the women what's what's the message that this sends to the women in the Nets organization for sure and i mean i think i think with the hiring I think they I think what's gonna happen is the Nets are gonna have to vet this very, very, very thoroughly mm-hmm. and give Eme some clear cut rules and concise instructions with how he moves about the organization. Mm-hmm. Um because they are they because of course, you know, a couple of months back they were talking about how that the whole power dynamic and him being a, him, you know, messing with a subordinate and this at the third. He they have to give him some clear cut instructions on how to move. So it, it it definitely sends a message to the to the women of this is just my opinion. It sends a message to the women of okay, the organization is hiring this man that clearly had a situation with uh women in the past within the organization. Now we have to be on our toes and on our P's and Q's whenever this if if and when this man comes to this organization. So I think I think the women I think the the Nets have to make sure that the women understand that they are protected and they are and everything would be everything would be good when this man comes. They have to send that message to the women in the organization. What you think? So I agree with you um in parts. I, I feel like that you're you're right. The Nets have to let the women know that they are protected in the situation um when he may comes. I feel like they have to give clear-cut guidelines for what the for how Eme maneuvers around the organization. Where I don't agree with you and you didn't necessarily say this, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but right, right, right. what it seems like not what you said but what the media is trying to do is paint him as a predator, a sexual predator and True. That, that that's not the case. He had a consensual right, 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 right. well what is perceived to be what what is known the, the information that has been released, he he had a consensual relationship, consensual relationship. with a woman inside of the Boston Celtics organization. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are other consensual relationships um, that were deemed wrong that women... I mean, women deal with this all over. And I'm not saying that they, they are used to it and they, they should deal with it. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't speak on the woman's behalf. Right. But you know, this is standard procedure, it seems like, um, in these types of organizations. Mm-hmm. And um, women, <laughs> I, again, I don't want to speak for them, but I don't think that the women of the Nets organization are too concerned with this I don't hype. think so either. I, I don't think so either. And like you said, if it's like the word consensual means both parties agree, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so with it being a consensual relationship, if I mean, like you said, I don't think the women are much concerned because if one of them chooses to be consensual with the nigga, they can choose to be. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. it's it's two adults consenting to actions, whatever exactly. you know, whatever it is to this relationship. So it's I don't think they're too worried either. Um, but if they do have some kind of worry with email coming. All they got to do is voice their opinion, go talk mm-hmm. to the to the owner, go talk to Josiah and let him know, like, hey, this is how I feel. And mm-hmm. y'all can talk about it from there. And Josiah just needs to make sure he un- that, that the women understand that they are protected and this is how we're going to handle the situation. But and I'll also add yeah. that he may, especially being the fact that he was publicly embarrassed 
mm-hmm. um, with the whole situation, he's probably going to make sure he's on his P's and I would hope he's going to make sure he's on his P's and Q's anyway. So mm-hmm. it's probably something that is a moot point right now. For sure. But yeah, I, I, I agree with that first statement that you said. The Nets have to make sure that the women of the organization know that they're protected and that they can mm-hmm. come to them um, with anything and it's not just going to be swept under the rug. Although I don't really feel like any of them are too concerned right now. I don't either. But again, and I don't want to put, I don't want to speak yeah. to them. And I don't want to put words in their mouth. For sure. And I, and I, and I agree with you too, because you said that, um, you know, Ime is going to be on his P's and Q's because he's walking on thin ice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With this new organization, because it had already been said that he did it with Boston. He had relationships and other organizations that he's been with too. So he has to, like you said, keep it straight and narrow and make sure he makes the most of this opportunity because if anything happens this time, it could be his last opportunity. So he's mm-hmm. got to be on his P's and Q's and he's got to stay, he got to stand strong and just, you know, resist temptation, my boy. Like, come on, man. You ain't got to, you ain't got to do all that. But how do you feel he can help the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, like we said, he's proven in a short period of time that he's a good coach. Um, obviously, he has the tools necessary to be a good coach as he's had multiple assistant jobs across the across the league. Um, he's getting this chance to be a head coach after so quickly after the situation that he just went through in Boston. Mm-hmm. And in in reality, in, in, in all fairness, basketball or coaching in general is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the great points that he has relationships with KD. He has relationships with Patty Mills. He has relationships with Ben Simmons. That's a great starting point. I don't think I, – I think the Nets thought initially when pulling in Steve Nash and his he, his relationship with KD was good enough to win over the team. Um, I, and, and I think they found out that, you know, it needed a little bit more than that. And so if you're able to – have those good relationships with the stars of the team, with the leaders of the team, then that just, you know, it spreads throughout the whole team, the rest of the team, as far as, okay, this is a person that I can trust with my career. This is a person that I can um, listen to and know that he's put me in the right positions to be successful. I think the initial challenge though is going to get them to look pat. And I don't know, I might, might just be speaking out of turn, but um, the, the initial challenge is going to be them looking past what he has gone through and then saying that he can hold them accountable initially. He's going to have to do some drastic measures to make them feel comfortable with holding them accountable or feeling like he has the right to hold them accountable is, is a better phrase that I should say. For sure. And I, I think, you know, of course he – when he was with Boston, he had Jason Tatum and he had Jalen Brown, who he pushed to have the the best season of their careers while he was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he turned that, as we talked about before, he turned that organization around midseason. They had a push to get to the playoffs and they had a strong push to get to the finals. Uh, right. I think he has a good way of holding the stars accountable. Um, he, I think he has a good way of being brutally honest. Um, if they will fall shy of the standards that they have set for themselves or the expectations they set for themselves. I don't think he'll be afraid to call out mistakes uh, because he mm-hmm. is a, a strong-willed coach. My thing is, is that will 
as they've already been called deep. Of course, Kevin Durant's been called a diva. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, Kyrie is the free thinker he is, <laughs> the stubborn guy mm-hmm. that he is that we talked about here, here a little while ago. I just hope that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be able to take that kind of criticism and not let their star power and their thought, the thoughts of themselves get ahead of them and ahead of what Ime mm-hmm. is trying to do. Um, but he's known to be a defensive coach. And as of right now, I think the Nets are ranked 29th in the league out of 30 teams as far as their defensive mm-hmm. uh, ranking. Uh, mm-hmm. So as long if he can turn that around in itself, two things that he, if he can turn around from, my, from me, if he can turn around the defense, with the Nets and Ben Simmons. <laughs> if mm-hmm. he can turn Ben Simmons around, I think he would be in prime position to take these guys to the promised land because he has a really good team that he's coming into when he comes. So hopefully he'll be able to turn, turn it around. But um, it's, it, it's, it's a tricky situation because a lot of people don't think he deserves a spot. Um, Boston is in their their feelings about it because Marcus Smart came out and said, you know, Emay's name got slandered and slaughtered, and and as and it was, you know, a, a, as much as he got slandered and slaughtered, he'll probably never. They say we're saying he probably never coach again, but a couple of months later, he's probably going to be the coach for one of the biggest rivals that we have. He and, said it's tough and it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, and I'll, he has Marcus Smart has every right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But he should look at the organization that he's playing for and how they handled that situation. Yes, they handled it terribly. They handled it terrible. I mean, the, they could have did one or two things. They could have just fired Ime, mm-hmm. which they essentially did, and then gave the little information that they did and and let us try to figure it out. Or they could have just been clear, more clear, more clear with the information that they had about the mm-hmm. situation and given clarification for why. He was only suspended for that year and not mm-hmm. let go, um, because like a, like we have said from day one of covering this this whole ordeal with Eme, is it's just not it's it's got to be something else for why they decided to suspend him rather than fire him and then the length of the suspension that he's had it has mm-hmm. to be something else and I still feel like it's something else even though we've kind of come to the conclusion of this episode with Ime Doka and the consensual relationship. Yeah, I think I think there's something that they're still hiding. I mean, they gave the information that everybody wanted and kind of left it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the fact that he is leaving Boston and then taking a job right down the street, <laughs> like essentially, and trying to get those guys who were in the same division as the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. and trying to coach those guys to where he got the Celtics to last year to the championship, it just feels kind of weird to me. But there was one thing, and I was reading the New York Post, and Ian O'Connor, who's a writer, who's a sports writer for them, he said that the Nets are trying to clean up their own mess by borrowing something from somebody else's mess, which is never a good yeah. idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that statement was kind of funny. But it's one, of the, it's one of those things where I kind of felt, at one point before we had this conversation, which I'm glad we had these conversations every Sunday, is that I felt like there were so many, there were there were a couple of different names that rang out to me that I thought about when I was researching this. And I was like, what happened to Quinn Snyder, who was a free agent head coach? What happened to Mark D'Antoni, who was also a free mm-hmm. agent head coach? What about um, Mark Jackson, who's been blacklisted <laughs> for the past like six, seven years and hasn't had a coaching job for forever? So like they're making right. this, they're making what I feel like is a bold move to go get Udoka, which is just like since we're having this conversation, it's not that bold. But mm-hmm. he wasn't the only candidate for this job. And there are so many more names out there who, to me, would be just as good as Ime. 
to have this position. So it's like, you know, it's crazy. I'll, I'll give a, a example for this. So you know how when you were younger, mm-hmm. I'll speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you. When okay. I was younger, when I was younger, since we're getting around Christmas, it's always a one or two toys that I absolutely had to have for Christmas. And if I didn't get it, I wouldn't say I threw a fit, but I wasn't happy on Christmas Day. <laughs> I, it just feels like the Nets always wanted you, Ime Udoka after he proved himself to be a, a valuable coach last okay. year. Um, that's what this move feels like because you're right. Quinn Snyder, who was not a, a pushover coach with the Utah Jazz the last couple of years, was good. Mark D'Antoni, uh, Mark D'Antonio, while his system is different, um, mm-hmm. he does win a lot of games during the regular season, but during the playoffs, it doesn't fare that well. So, I mean, I could see why they may have looked over him. And then he was already in that market with the the New York Knicks. So True. they probably don't right. want to go down that route. Right. Um, Mark Jackson is, is a one that is a head scratcher as to why he has not gotten a head coaching job. Cause it's not like he did a bad job with the Golden State Warriors. He basically helped build the team to what it is now. And then when Steve Nash took over the keys, they started winning championships. So, uh, I don't know what Not the, Steve, Steve the Kerr, issue is. Steve Kerr. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Steve Kerr. I said yeah, Steve yeah. Nash, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Sorry, Steve <laughs> Kerr. When Steve Kerr took over, the, he, you know, they wanted, started to win the championships. But so, but mm-hmm. I don't know why Mark Jackson has been blacklisted so weird from the NBA. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, like you said, he Joe Josiah has a, had a relationship with because he used to be part owner of the Spurs whenever uh, Ime Udoka was there, and then he bought in, and now he owns the Brooklyn Nets. So he has a relationship with with uh, Ime in the past, and like you said, I do believe that since he proved himself in this in the NBA as a winning coach and a coach who can take the reins and win the locker room and you know make a team better by just his presence and his thought process as a coach. I feel like they wanted him for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the main reason why he's why he's there. And they're going to vet as much as they can to make sure that he's good to go and that everybody in the organization understands that Emei is going to be here and this is the steps we're going to take to keep him, you know, keep him in line and keep him straight. So um, my final thoughts are I think it's a good move for the Nets um, because they're getting – they're going from a true rookie head coach to mm-hmm. a second-year proven head coach that – has a good philosophy about his coaching can win the locker room can possibly rein in the stars that he has the big three that he has and change the dynamic of the the organization not the not necessarily the organization but the team that's around him mm-hmm. to be able to start winning because right now they're two and six which is kind of crazy with the team that they have so right. if he can just come in and just start winning because winning cures all winning right. cures all as long as you winning ain't nobody even gonna talk about what happened in boston no more it's exactly. gonna be Ime has came into Brooklyn and he has changed the dynamic of this team. That's all they're yeah. going to talk about the more he wins. Yeah. So I think it's a good move for for Brooklyn. And I hope that Ime is able to do his thing with this situation. What you think? What's your, what's your final thought? What's your wisdom on it? Yeah, my final thoughts is I want to say I'm glad he got a, another opportunity, but I, I know that's, that's probably not going to be the right thing to say. Um, I I hope he does well. Uh, so I'll get off of that, but I hope he does well in the situation and mm-hmm. that the Brooklyn Nets can turn their season around, even though the season just started. They're not in any trouble by any stretch. 
you still have a long season to go. So I hope he does well. I hope the Brooklyn Nets can turn it around. But with all the turmoil that's going, I kind of went a different route than you do. I think if it doesn't work out this year, if they if he can't turn it around, the Brooklyn Nets just need to blow up the whole situation that they're in right now um, and start over from scratch because it just doesn't seem like a happy place to be right now. Um, Kyrie Agreed. and KD haven't been happy there for the last two years. Kyrie's mm-hmm. missed half the games half the games that he was supposed to play while there KD mm-hmm. signed a six how how long was that contract a lengthy contract and I think then it was a six year contract and he requested to be out of there and then requested to be out of there well no he uh, signed an he he signed an extension and then requested yeah, to leave yeah. there you go he signed an extension and then requested to leave out of there you just fired the head coach who also did not seem happy to be there so i mean it's just too many off the court issues um, that's bleeding onto the court. And again, I hope that it does work out for Ime Udoka and the, the Brooklyn Nets. But if it doesn't, just blow it up and start Facts, all over. Man. It's go, funny go you said that about the, Steve. The Oklahoma Thunder. Oklahoma nah, City Thunder. <laughs> it's funny you said, or the, the Utah Jazz. But um, Oh, yeah. But it's funny. It's funny you said that because uh, it, it was a it was a funny uh, TikTok that came out with Steve Nash said he leaving the organization and not having to deal with the, with Kyrie no more and he was doing the gritty in his house. Oh Lord! But Steve Nash, that joke was hilarious. But uh, <laughs> but now nah, it was uh, is hopefully everything goes right for those boys, man, and uh, hopefully he make a turn around for them kids, man, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, man. So episode. Nine, nine in the books. In the nine books, in the man. books. Episode Once nine again, books. I feel like it was a we tread it lightly, as lightly as we could on some of the topics that we talked about today, <laughs> but it was a great to. conversation. Had yeah, it had to. Uh, but it was a great conversation. I feel like like we always have. We appreciate all the support that we get from everybody that comes to our channel, watches our videos, and listens to our podcast on a week in and week out basis. Again, if there's anything that you think we should discuss in our podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. Say, hey, I think you guys should talk about this and mm-hmm. we'll, you know, take a look at it and, and talk about it potentially. Um, again, like, comment, subscribe, share this content. If you think it's, yeah, if you think it's if you like it, if you think others should listen to it as well, help us reach our goal of 200. You said sticks. 200 subscribers, man. 200 subscribers. 200 subscribers on YouTube. Um, download and, and subscribe to our podcast as well on all of the streaming platforms and, and listen to us there. Share it with your your friends as well. Links in the description. Links in the description. But with that being said. Sticks, I'll holler at you, man, and and always good talking to you, everybody else. Always, my boy. Peace.